Initialize sequence. Hello, everybody. This is Jordan Chibel of Fear Factory. I was from Devil Driver and Cold Chamber. And Jerry Only, the great. Jared from Head PE. Hey, what's happening? This is Trevor from the band on there. This is Jesse Leach from Kill Switch and Gears. This is Dino Cazares from the group Fear Factory. This is Max Cavalera. Cavalera Conspiracy. Stay underground. Welcome to the Underground, Australia's home of underground music. Catching up with Tony Kuda, drummer of Adelaide Metal Act, As I Destruct. It is Ned. Tony, how are you, man? So good. Thank you so much for having me. How are you, my brother? I'm going really well, man. Excited to talk to you. Now, your album From Fear to Oblivion has just turned one year old on September 28. What are your sort of fondest memories around this one? I guess it's a bit of a unique situation for you as we were just sort of discussing off air there. Can you let us know about the recording process and how you sort of fall into the band? Of course. For the recording process and most of the material was composed by Mr. Matthew Marotti, the guitarist. He wrote most of the material and lyrics are mostly accredited to Luke Dietrich, our singer, and Josh Lebet, our ex-bass player. So those guys wrote most of the stuff and I wasn't actually on the scene at this point. So in the midst of looking for a drummer, they actually spoke to, at the time, saw your work drummer Dirk Verbuen who was doing session work and spoke to him about possibly playing drums and he did for the album and he wrote all the you know 10 drum tracks that are on there and edited a few of the songs with Matt and you know worked closely with him so it was quite interesting when I came into the picture because I had just been doing my thing as an Adelaide session drummer so to speak putting up videos of myself playing and Luke messaged me and said would you be interested in playing and we met up at a cafe and he showed me the tracks and I was so humbled because I felt like wow I've got you know experience and a good 45 minutes with Dirk in here which is you know not everyone gets the chance to do that so you know very gladly I took that opportunity open-handedly and you know really grown as a drummer from almost working with Dirk so to speak so yeah this is how the album has come about and then this is how you know I have sort of slipped into the situation which I'm very grateful for. Yeah that's a crazy unique situation you've got there Tony like they're big shoes to fill there because he worked on Megadeth as well, right? So just as he finished recording From Freer to Oblivion, he had just gotten the opportunity to drum for Megadeth. So it had gone from being, you know, wow, Dirk Verbuen, not a household name, to the drummer for Megadeth. And if you tell anyone that, they'd go, oh, I know Megadeth, and they'd probably have three shirts in their dad's closet that they sneakily wear. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was really cool to uh, feel, you know, I'm not ever going to say that I feel those shoes, but I definitely wear them in a way that I do. And the band seemed to, you know, uh, well, they've kept me around, so it seems to work. And uh, <laughs> yeah, our, our recent shows in New Zealand has been really good because people have been giving me a lot of good feedback and saying like, oh, well, you know, Dirk's playing this stuff, but, you know, you sound just like the album and all this kind of stuff. So I'm very humbled by it, but uh, in no means am I as good as Dirk. So <laughs> it's an excellent opportunity. Yeah, I like it. Uh, nice and humble there, Tony. That's a good quality to have. So what would you sort of best say describes the sound of As I Destruct? 
If I was to put it into a genre, our fans have been calling us melodic groove death metal. And this is for a genre, so to speak. Melodic death metals is a great term because Matt is very interested and works a lot with melodies and all these kind of musical stylistic choices where it's not just about the most hard-hitting riff or, you know, lick that he can play. It's actually more so about conveying an idea. And that's what immediately turned me onto the band because it wasn't about just being some heavy, aggressive, angry dude on the stage who, you know, probably won't leave the scene. It was more so about connecting with people on an emotional level and actually, you know, giving, personally, this is how I really feel about As I Destruct, it's all about giving our fans and our uh, listeners a space to go deep into certain emotions and really work with who they are when they are in this space because metal is a beautiful tool to channel and fuel and funnel anger and passion and hatred and all these socially exploited emotions. So for me, that's what As I Destruct is. It's a, it's a medicine. It's a tool that we can use to help express this side of us that isn't socially accepted. Man, I love that right there. And you wouldn't think that you were talking to a metalhead drummer right now as, as you describe <laughs> this sound and what it's all about. Hats off to you for that, Tony. Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't wear a hat, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, fair enough. Then, of course, you can pick this one up. It's from Fear to Oblivion, out digitally now, and it's in available at JB Hi-Fi as well, I did see. So it's out in record shops too, which is kind of cool if anyone still buys CDs, man. Yes, it is cool, and we are always, um, you know, pumping them out at our shows, and it's pretty cool, you know, we have to, have to sign them sometimes, there's been a few occasions that I've had to sign some titties, you know, I'm no Christian, so I, d- I did it, you know, don't tell Jesus, but, you know, we'll sign it, you know, and um, <laughs> it's cool, man, the CDs are out, and I think they've actually been probably our, our main key point, like, because, you know, the CD sits in the car, the music on the phone lives in the playlist, and you don't listen to it in order, but I think this is a really good album to have on CD and have listened to the full thing it's kind of like vinyls they're coming back in and I think that really brings back that idea of listening to a piece as a whole as the artist creates his painting you don't look at one corner of it and think you know the whole thing so yeah I really yeah, I'm loving that we got these CDs out yeah, I think it's awesome too, man, being a bit of an old schooler like that myself. Now, you were just saying earlier that you've spent some time on the road. Of course, you were in New Zealand before that, Newcastle and Sydney. Do you have any great stories from them? What what sort of was the standout from these shows, Tony? What do you want to know? What The good stuff or the bad stuff? Both. <laughs> well, uh, which one first? Let's start with the bad. Excellent choice. Okay, so first show in Newcastle. Great. Hey, look, Newcastle is a great place to play. I don't believe we've played at this specific venue before. Excuse me, the name escapes me, and I will look it up just now. But, um, <laughs> so little things like, you know, the PA blew out, which is always fun. Mm. Um, yeah, I know. You know, the infamous luck that I think local bands seem to find themselves slipping into. I believe this was at Hamilton Station. Yes, that was the gig. For instance, the sound guy couldn't make it that night, so the music manager had to do the sound who had never done sound before so he had to sort of get it right and all little hurdles that we all have to jump together as a band and it's you know it's cool when it comes up because the show doesn't stop you know yeah must go on yeah there were some of the you know so-called bad things and and probably 
personal things for individual members exactly what I'm not sure but the good things were is that actually Luke Dietrich is from New South Wales he's specifically from Tamworth so a lot of his friends came down and I think for him and for the band especially for his position in the band people had known him since he was at school and knew that he liked singing and all this kind of stuff and were really quite interested to see if he would follow through with his musical endeavour and it's amazing for him and his friends and it was nice for us as well to see all these longtime friends of Luke come and be like wow you, you're still doing it you know and you're actually going somewhere with it so that was a really cool night in Newcastle yeah that was a lot of fun actually hey yeah that's good when things pay off like that and I guess coming from Tamworth being a metal singer is probably not the you know what people think of when they think of Tamworth isn't that like the country capital of Australia that is country capital baby yeehaw <laughs> <laughs> I got the horses in the... No, cut that bit out, sorry. <laughs> but aside from that, Sydney was really cool as well. We played the... Is it under the Southern Cross Metal Fest Australia? And we were playing um, with Nocturnal Graves, Gods of Eden, Truth Corroded, Blunt Trouble, many more. This was a cool gig, and I'll just say this. It's really nice when the sound guy rocks up. Yeah, and I this bet. Is exactly, this is exactly what happened at... Sydney. We arrived to the venue and I believe it's Cameron who was setting up all the shows, who was an absolute legend and made us feel so welcome because any questions or anything we were looking for, even beers for that matter, he helped us out and it was really cool to play with you know, a sound guy who knows what he's doing. For me personally, I like to use two rack toms on my drum kit and if I can't have them both sort of in front of my snare, you know, Chris Adler style, let's say that, yeah, for those who are listening, then I'll play with one, one right in front of the snare. And it was really nice to have quite a comfortable setup for this show. And it's kind of hard. And it's an interesting thing being a drummer because you're expected to always play someone else's kit and just, just deal with it. And mm. if you were to do that for a guitarist or whatever, it would be quite hard, understandably. But it's always nice when the amazing venues and festivals cater for your needs and stuff. So yeah, this was a really good gig. I would have to say the only bad thing, and this is just drawer of the hat, is when you play maybe at about four. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think we played at about 4.50, almost five o'clock. So not a lot of people are there. Those who are, you know, are amazing and we did make some good friends and connections and stuff. I had a few friends come down. But you know what? That's just what you get when you're on a big bill with amazing guys like the Truthies guys and, you know, Nocturnal Graves. We are still so humbled to be on the bill. That was really cool. So absolutely no complaints from that gig. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome, man. And how about New Zealand? Like, how did the Kiwi crowds take to you guys? Where do I start? The Kiwis are mental. Have you ever seen that hucker thing that they do? Yes, I have. Where they do it in the mosh pit, man. It's unreal. Wow. It's cool. It's really cool. So we had three shows. One was Wellington, Auckland, and Christchurch. Wellington, personally my favorite. And I've got a little story for this gig. So this is really, you know, really cool. I'm so blessed to have this opportunity come up. At Wellington, we played at Valhalla, a.k.a. Hole in the Wall for the old school boys and it was a really cool venue this is wellington's most popular metal festival and i do believe that cradle of filth and someone else just played there and flesh god apocalypse and a little shout out to my old band freedom of fear are going to be playing there soon so i think 
maybe, possibly. <laughs> but Flesh God Apocalypse definitely will be. So nonetheless, this is a really cool venue in New Zealand for metal gigs and it's got a great atmosphere, cool vibes. Big shout-outs to Ben, who runs the place, a really nice guy, very welcoming. Once again, it was really cool to be in a like a really good venue. And the sound guy, his name escapes me, please excuse me, but he was so warm and welcoming and really dialed in my sound personally and with the band as well. And we got a lot of good feedback on how clear we are, and that is such a hard thing to attain at a metal gig. So that was really cool. But just from, you know, the best seat in the house, the uh, the drum stool yeah um i had a bit of a funny thing so look i had my phone screen broken it was working i was managing and i was doing a thing that the kiwis call hitting the multi button and that's when the screen stops working per se and you smack the screen or the phone on the wall and then the screen starts working <laughs> so i was hitting the multi button just a little bit too hard and my screen was not working very well so the bass player and i had decided to go and get a coffee just before the gig and oh i met this beautiful girl this really nice girl called eli and we were having this amazing connection it was really cool i got her details and whatever and i was like oh you know get her into the gig or something like that so you know here I am all excited first show in New Zealand first international tour talking to this babe I'm like you know my nipples are hard it's so cold in Wellington all that kind of stuff <laughs> I'm so excited and then we get on the stage right and my phone screen completely doesn't turn on I've got all the backing tracks on the phone oh. what I use predominantly to listen to the songs now it's funny because as and I'd love to say this to drummers whoever's listening if you do use backing tracks and this shit happens this is the best lesson you will ever learn because you know what it's actually yes it's very important about how well you can play your material but it's twice as important as about the vibe that you can put out and the energy that you can give even under a pressurous situation so it was a bit of a nightmare and I I'm a pretty calm guy but this shocked me not a lot of things do but I you know soiled my short little pants um, <laughs> Terrible time for uh, yeah. it to happen, too, at your first overseas gig. <laughs> I don't know about terrible, but, you know, it might not be my idea of perfect, but it definitely was the universe's because we played the songs and, okay, I do run backing tracks also off of my SPD-XX, the um, electric pads, so that was going to have to be a no-go because that is always about me being perfectly in time and, you know, when you're not playing to the backing tracks, the clicks, it's going to be hard to run that little production that we've got going. But it was such a good learning curve because I I had to adapt. I had two seconds to wipe that drop your guts face off and be in the moment and be present and just play the gig. And it all went really well. There was only a few songs that... Uh, there was one song in particular, one section that I really insert clown horn part here. <laughs> fucked up so badly. And uh, I won't go into the detail of that. But everything else ran rather smoothly. You know, tempos were fluctuating, we'll say that. But this is such a blessing. So cool to have this experience because what did I do in Auckland? I got my phone screen fixed and I got my shit together so yeah Wellington was awesome the crowd was really cool signed a couple t-shirts signed a couple CDs we went out drinking the night before and it was cool because a couple of the guys we were meeting and bumping into came to the gig and yeah Wellington is a really cool vibe I would personally say one of my favorite places in New Zealand definitely well there you go right there and do you have any plans of getting back over there anytime in the future Tony 
Personally, yes, I'll be going in February for there's a bit of a hippie festival called Spirit Fest. Seems like a cool time. My friends run it, so I reckon I'll head up there for that. As for the band, I personally think that we've got a few gigs on the horizon. Whether they're in New Zealand, I am not sure. We've had a few offers and connections, especially with a lovely lady by the name of Angie, who runs Third Eye Music New Zealand in Christchurch. She is an absolute rock star and sets up a lot of tours for international bands who come in. We're working with her. We've got some, maybe some shows coming along. Who knows? I think our next international show will be in maybe Asia. I would really love to go there. I think that would be a really good opportunity for us to grow and just, you know, putting it out there for any other metal bands. If you didn't know, I think whether it's a prime minister or president, I'm not sure. But one of the, you know, major political party leaders is a fan of metal over in, I think it might be Bali. I'm not sure. In yeah, <laughs> True so, story. Yeah, true story, man. So that would be a wise move to go over there and play. So, yeah, I think maybe that's personally where I'd like to go. We'll see what the band has set up. But, yeah, apart from that, I'm not too sure. It was really cool. We've just become an international touring band with this amazing New Zealand experience. And who knows where it will lead us specifically? Not too sure. But we've got a few in Australia coming up for sure. Yeah, well, can you let us know about these ones, Tony? It'd be my absolute pleasure. <laughs> nice. So, we have four shows coming up, and the soonest one is in Adelaide, and this is October the 5th, and this is going to be called The Persuaders Album Launch, and it is in Adelaide Northern Sound System. This will be really cool. I have a friend who runs a hip-hop night down at uh, Northern Sound System, and I've never actually been there, but this will be quite a cool, you know, coming home gig, and I think it will be wise. Uh, maybe I might set up another gig in between this October the 5th and possibly before or after. We have another show here, um, October the 19th in Melbourne, and this will be really cool, actually, because we have a dope lineup for that. I do believe we are playing with Ami Noor, A-M-E-N-O-I-R-E, Ami Noor. So they are a quite a popular Melbourne metal band, I do believe. And we're also on with Nemesium as well. And also a friend of mine, shout outs to Frank, Bones of God. So we'll be playing that. And this is a Halloween horror gig. So it'll be super cool to see all those Melbourne cats come out dressed in their fanciest clothes if, if, as if they aren't already. Melbourne style is off the hook. It's going to be pretty damn cool. It's at the Bombay Rocks, I do believe. Upstairs. Ooh, watch out. Yeah, <laughs> not 18. Bring your grandma. She'll fucking love it. <laughs> So we've got two more after that, which is going to be pretty awesome. We've got the New Dead Festival in Adelaide, which is with Flesh God Apocalypse. Now, personally, don't tell anyone, but I'm actually so excited about this one because it's such a great opportunity to play on an amazing bill. And I'm kind of a little bit nervous because when we play on these kind of bills, you know, you get to hang out backstage a little bit and, you know, chat to some of the guys. I have chatted with King Parrot's Todd before, Todd, whatever his last name is, excellent guy. But I would love to, you know, have a minute with the uh, Flesh God Apocalypse drummer because he is quite the dude as well, I've been told. Also on that bill is Truth Corroded, go boys. Orpheus Omega, which is actually some of the guys who are helping us set up this Melbourne gig. These are some really cool guys. I actually really do like Orpheus, and they've done some amazing stuff this year. Along with our 
personal legends in Hidden Intent. They'll be on the bill and many more, which you can come see at Saturday, November the 2nd, Lion Arts Factory. So this will be a really cool gig. It's going to be a full day of metal, you know, bring your mouth guard. Yeah, that one will be crazy. And tickets for that one are available on your website as well, just looking at that now. Yes, they sure are. They're also available not only on our website, but if you message us, we'll be able to send them out to you. And they're on the event there just about anywhere you look for them. But, you know, if you want a uh, ticket, and I believe we possibly might be doing some kind of a deal with a CD or a T-shirt, hit us up, send us a message, and we'll sort it all out for you and post it out where, depending where you are. So, yeah, that'll be really cool, actually. I'm excited for that one. And then we have one more gig, and this, uh, see, if you ask the boys in Outside the Struck, one word, one name, and you say Frankie's, we'll all just start cracking up because we have a gig on the 17th of November, I do believe, at Frankie's Pizza Bar in Sydney. And hands down, we love Frankie's. If you're listening, Frank, whoever you are, we fucking love you, mate. He is a man. We've had a great time there. And I, I'm so excited to play there again because Frankie's is just a wild party and a half. And it'll be cool to be in Sydney again later in this year. We're all so excited for these shows that we've got coming up. Oh, that's great right there. So you've got a bunch of shows coming up. I wanted to know before we let you go, when will we hear some new As I Destruct? Whoa, 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 whoa. I can't say anything. The new tool just came out, so let's listen to that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I will give a little hint. We are writing some new material. Unfortunately, Dirk is not going to be on the album, but this jerk over here will be. <laughs> <laughs> Look um, out. <laughs> we've got some cool stuff coming up and I will just say this that the last album it's not a conceptual album but there was a lot of influences from personal experiences particularly from Matt and Luke if you listen to the lyrics you can hear about you know some loss of family members and the hardships that we go through with that and a big thing which I am super excited about and I think this is actually a really we're quite blessed to be in this time a lot of As I Destruct's material is about exposing some of the corruption that might be, well, is taking place within our government and within the corporate system that we are all completely bound and intertwined into unknowingly from birth. And particularly Luke and I are very excited to put out some really good truths and really good messages into this next album because it's, like I said, it's not about getting up there and screaming as loud as you can. It's about creating a space creating a space where we can be vulnerable and open to a message that is true and to help people realize that what we have been placed into isn't normal but what we are capable of doing is far more than we could ever imagine so this is just a little taste for what's coming up oh yeah man and so you can't even sort of hint at a release date i'm guessing sometime next year maybe yeah sometime next year let's go with that for now my man Alrighty, sounds good. Well, be sure to keep up to date with these guys. It is As I Destruct. Hit them up on Facebook, facebook.com slash As I Destruct Band. On their website, asidestruct.com, and there's a bunch of great merch on there as well, and instagram.com slash As I Destruct. Tony, thanks so much for taking some time out, man. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity, my brother. How? What? It's the underground.